Hey everybody, Rebecca popping in here just to uh, apologize really quickly for the three-month hiatus. It was not intentional, but unfortunately this is a hobby podcast, and uh, you know sometimes life gets in the way. Uh, but we do hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're featuring both Price and Ethan on this podcast. We're talking about childhood video games. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Screen Walkers, a brother-sister podcast where we, the walkers, tell you what's on our screens. My name is Becca. And I am Josh. Ooh, and let's say hello to our two guests. We have Price and Ethan both here with us today, both of whom have been on the podcast before, so welcome back. Oh, thank you. What's yeah. up, Walk Nation? <laughs> <laughs> walk Nation uh, is not a thing. No, it's we not. not Coming a nation under us. It's a thing no. now because I said it is. Sure. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, introduce what our topic is today. Uh, we were just kind of... I don't remember what triggered this. I think it's just that like we were talking about nostalgia in general, and we were like, we should do nostalgic video games, and then when the last time Price was on here, we were talking about them a little bit as well. And so like it just kind of snowballed into, yeah, let's have Price and Ethan on, let's talk about video games we remember from our childhood, and just engage in some good old-fashioned nostalgia. Because like... <laughs> this really feels to me like part two of a trilogy about video games. The first one was most played video games, and now we have like sort of our our oldest video games, the ones that we grew up on, and then we're leading into um, video games like you know kind of our favorite video games and what those mean to us now, right? So. Yeah, the video game trilogy. They're- Okay, so let's start. Let's start at the top, and as we go down, we can, you know, we can get, kind of get as far as we want to with all of the submissions we've received from Price. What you don't like my submissions? Is that what you're saying? Pretty good submissions, just some of them I don't really have much to say about. There are too many, and not enough of them are a big enough part of our childhood. Ah, yes, the Cyber Chase game. I don't remember that one. Wait, Ethan, are you talking about the one where you like walked around and explored the different worlds? Sure, yes. <laughs> oh, that one was so fun. Hey, I'm pretty yeah. sure that they still have it on the website. I'm pretty sure I'm on it right now. Yeah. Dude, let's play. Amazing. Wait, is this still running? Did they like even with Flash? Yeah, like it's on PBS Kids website. Oh my wait, hang on. I have to It's the Cyber Chase Mission Motherboard. Yeah, oh my goodness. So I guess we'll start. <laughs> this is no longer this is no longer a discussion of childhood video games. This is now a let's play. <laughs> An audio let's play <laughs> of previous games. You said to listen to people's reaction. Dude, this is the exact same game. Yeah, right? <laughs> How is this still on here? There are so many cyber chase games. This is insane. Yeah, that's okay, like the anyway. main thing I remember. Oh, the Tangram oh game? Is the train one still on here? Railway Hero, is that it? 
Real, yeah, I think so. Double the I remember double the donuts because like it's the same thing <laughs> as that. Um, like I don't know if you guys remember the episode of Cyber Chase where they did like the parable of like the king and the rice. Yeah, the rice. Um, yeah. The, the rice on the chessboard. I like how literally all you do in it is just click double and it just doubles yeah, the and- <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole episode just about these games. Like, this has opened up a part of my brain that has been closed for years. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't realize I still had these ancient games on here. Yeah. Sorry, I got everyone distracted. Apparently, uh, the Cyber Chase one is still classified as one of their 47 popular games. Wow, what a tangent we've been on. No, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. I love that the PBS Kids Go web... Well, it's not PBS Kids Go anymore, is you it? It's just PBS Kids. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Does that end? You yeah. can cut out the whole middle thing. But... That's so funny, because they rebrand... I remember the rebrand when it went from PBS Kids to PBS Kids Go. Yeah, because that was for the cool. Okay, back on track. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic, though. My favorite tangent by far. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. So let's so let's talk about. We're gonna start with Fate. Um, so just some background information. Um, but it was made by Wild Tangent, which was interesting because that was the that was what we played it on was Wild Tangent. And the whole thing with those games was that we would, if I remember correctly, like Wild Tangent was one of the things that just came. Yeah, with it was the like computer. a Microsoft like pre-installed thing on like all of the PC towers yeah. that they were selling. It was, it was kind of like a steam where it was like the game marketplace. Yeah, exactly. But it was like yeah. all specifically wild tangent games. And you had a set amount of like free times you could play certain games like coins. And so what we would do is we would play it and then we would keep the game open and keep the computer on until it crashed and yeah, a little really later we really crashed. got into like truck driver simulator or bus simulator and it would be like you know you could have like three plays but you didn't limit you to how long you could play each time so we would just have it on and we'd play and then you know we just try to leave it on like overnight and play it for like days straight if we could yeah until the computer inevitably froze <laughs> yeah so fate is uh it's most basic well it's pretty basic it's just a dungeon crawler you're dropped into this tiny little town that's surrounded by a little forest and at one side is the entrance to an endless dungeon and you're given a quest on on you know x level of the dungeon there's a boss you need to go kill and then there's certain villagers in the small town you go to them and you get a quest for like level two, level three, level four. And so you can keep descending lower down. You can get money, you can get experience. It's really simple. And like, it does get pretty stale really fast. Like the best part of the game is leveling up to beat that first big boss that they give you. And then like, once you defeat that, like, like even before you defeat that, it kind of just becomes boring because like it's just it's the same gameplay loop over and over again you go down you defeat monsters you come back up you sell your stuff you maybe do a little bit of fishing the fishing was always my favorite mechanic and then you repeat the process again but you definitely do fishing because it gives you the fish that like transform your pet and it's sick also i recently i recently went back and played this game it's on steam for like five bucks and the best way to make money is fishing you can just sit at the pond in town and like every so often you catch like three really good expensive items. You go sell those, you get super rich. It's the easiest way to make money in the game. What I find really, really interesting is I was actually doing a little bit of research on this game a couple weeks ago because I read 
a book called Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. And it's a really cute book. It's kind of like D&D light. It's about this orc who was a mercenary, wants to retire. And so she like quits mercenarying and starts a coffee shop. And it's just like really cozy and fun and cute. And I was like, Travis Baldry, why does that name sound familiar? I went and looked it up. And Travis Baldry, the author and also the audiobook narrator for the book, was the guy, he was like the lead creative designer for Fate. Like he was basically, it was his vision. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like he was doing generic fantasy stuff when I was a child. And he's still doing generic fantasy stuff. And he's really found his back. I'm really proud of him. Get that back, King. That's really cool. All right, number two. Um, this was a GameCube game. So we would play at our grandparents' house, and it's SSX Tricky. I just remember, I could never figure out, because uh, we were so young at this point, you know, just like um, maybe like five when we first started playing it. And I would see like people actually knowing how to do tricks on it. And I was like, how on earth do you do that? Because all I knew how to do was just literally just button mash as soon as I was in the air to try to get to do tricks. I couldn't figure out how to actually do the button combinations to do real tricks in it. Yeah, I remember at one point I figured out that you could press like a couple of the buttons to do like a couple simple tricks, and I would just do those over and over again. And it would keep giving me like the deductions, be like, "Do a new trick," and I'd be like, "I don't know how." And you destroy us because you knew how to do one trick, and none of the rest of us did. I feel like watching it now, I would just like like I would go in the air and I would just see him like wiggle back and forth as I'm button mashing. I feel like he wouldn't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, oh my goodness. But, like, as we grew older a little bit and we kind of learned how to actually play video games, SSX Tricky became really one of my favorites. Like, I went from only doing the racing part because I didn't know how to do the tricks to, like, doing exclusively the show-offs so that, like, I could, like, do all sorts of weird, crazy flips and stuff. Yeah, see, like, you definitely had a different experience than I did because I never got to that point while we had this game available to us. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's a really fun game. I really wish that they would remake it or something. Yeah, they haven't made an SXX game in a long time. It's been quite a few years. A long time? Yeah. And, like, EA seems to have, like, no interest in reviving it at all. Like, there's been clamor on, like, at least a little bit of clamor. Like, people asking for a remake of, like, basically any of the SSX games. It's usually either SSX Tricky or SSX 3, I think. Um... Like, because those are the kind of the newer ones. I personally am voting for Tricky because it's the one we played, and it's also the one that uses the Run DMZ song. (laughs) Yeah. Tricky just has a fun vibe. Like, the vibe of it is absolutely unmatched. Yeah. Just how fun Mm -hmm. the vibe is in it. Especially when you, like, you get build up all the trick meter, and you get to that point where it starts playing the song. Yeah, it looks like the last one that came out was 2012. Yeah. And like they kind of leaned into the realism a little bit. And I kind of wish they hadn't done that because the fun of SSX Tricky specifically is that it's a little bit cartoony. And like, like, of course, it's not real that you're like flipping yourself hundreds of thousands of feet into the air, like spinning all kinds of crazy tricks, like absolutely death defying. If anybody tried this in real life, they would die for sure. Nah, just give them a Red Bull sponsorship. They'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, for SSX Tricky, who was everybody's default characters? Mac. I'm gonna have to look him up. I think that's his name. Yeah, Mac Fraser. His was the Afro guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I had two that I liked. Eddie, I think, was his name. He was he was the big Afro guy. 
And then I think I think his name was Brody, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. He was like the Zen Brody the Surfer the Zen, guy. Like, yeah. meditation dude. Oh yeah, he's like the yeah. he's kind of like a California surfer. Yeah, he had one trick that I really liked that you could only do on like really big jumps. Uh, That's only it. Where he like would take take the board off of his feet and like magic trick cut it through his waist and pull it out the other side and put it back on his feet. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Oh my gosh. He has one specifically that like is more like a surfer trick to me that like he like will unclip from his board, go to stand at the end of the, the, and then like backflip back onto his boots. Yeah. Because like, again, it's physics. Like you can't, you he just really had, care, he but... just had the coolest oh, moves. Yeah. He was a fine guy. He's I'm the only two girls that were really available like without having to go in and unlock them because we couldn't, we didn't know how to unlock them. Uh, were Elise, who was cool. I think actually she was played by who was it, Lucy Liu. There's like a weirdly, like a weird number of famous people attached to SSX Tricky. Let me, let's see. Um, yeah, so Lucy Liu, David Arquette, Macy Gray, Oliver Platt, and Billy Zane were all in the game, which is like an insane number of famous people for this game. Like, yeah, that's a lot of famous people. Yeah. So uh, Lucy Liu played Elise, who was like, I don't know, I didn't really like her all that much. I usually tended to go towards Kaori a little bit more, who was like the cute, like Japanese kawaii girl. Is like, there's a lot of stereotypes stereotypes in these characters, but I want to say I was either JP or Mac. I can't quite remember, but it was one of those two. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, he was the one that had like the Spider-Man costume and the blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but I remember hmm. was one guy who was like this big fat guy. And there was a phase That's Luther. There was yeah. a phase that Ethan went through where he was the big fat guy. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I think it was when you were really little and you just like to like try to come over and push. Because you could push people, right? Push people over, get a little bit of a speed boost, yeah. Yeah. And, like, J- uh, Luther would be really easy to knock people over, because... Raisins. Um, oh, Luther. <laughs> I forgot about yeah. him. Yep. Is he the this guy that looks like the villain really of a Disney point. Channel movie? Yeah, he has, like, his yes. belly showing out <laughs> underneath his jean jacket. Yeah, he, he looks like he's just barely gotten drunk in a biker bar and he's ready to smash some bottles. But he also has, like, uh, white tiger print pants on, so... He's the tiger yeah, king. I'm sorry. I can you apologize before you even finish that. Price, I can't believe you're not paying attention to this podcast. I am totally paying attention. I just saw the little <laughs> notification that said Mama Steve 21 is now playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. What, you say I can't pay attention to this podcast and shoot people in the head? And um, moving on. <laughs> no, well, hang on. I wanted to talk one more thing about SSX Tricky before we move on. Um, I just I feel it's really interesting the way that they characterized all of the crazy characters. I think that it's, this is something that a lot of sports games like FIFA or Madden could really benefit off of this. That like the people in the game have like relationships with each other, kind of like they're all like the story is that they're all on this snowboarding circuit together and that they're like interacting over the course of like various things and like there are rivalries and there are friendships and alliances and things 
And I like it's just it's so bare bones. It's like this person likes these people and they don't like these people. And like sometimes it'll occasionally give you like a little cutscene and you can make it better or worse a little bit if you like depending on the way you interact in games. Um or like the way you interact with the NPCs as you know, like you're snowboarding down the hill. And I think that that's a mechanic that more people should include. What do you think even really should fun. they make uh, future F1 games more like Need for Speed? We don't need that. F1 is already a sport that exists. You don't need to make drama up. Netflix. You do need the drama. You need all the drama. Ethan, we all know that that's why you got into F1. We all know that you got into F1 because of Netflix, Ethan. All right, Price. I've never seen the show, so shut up, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, there's already drama. You don't need to make more. Okay, well, this isn't an F1 podcast, so let's move on to Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. I'm going to come out and say that there's a lot of fighting video games and a lot of, like, championship-style video games. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. Fortnite. I'm throwing out really famous ones. This one is the best of all of them. This is the best game where you can <laughs> fight your friends. I mean, show me another game where you yep. can just pick up skyscrapers and huck them at people. Yeah, and you like your friend plays as Godzilla. You play as Mothra. There can't play as Mothra. Are other ones? I think there's a Hydra. Yeah, you can't play as Mothra, can't, really. Uh, yeah, Rodan's a good oh, one. You're right. Okay. Um, I always like Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, Mecha Godzilla. Uh, There's two. Yeah, I was gonna say there's two different Godzillas. Uh, Giras. My favorite was the uh, um, the spiky one. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, what's the spiky one? Oh, okay. And uh, then the, yeah. the beetle one was cool too. I like the beetle one as well. I always like Destroyer. Destroyer was cool. What's the one with the sword for arms? I'm trying to remember. What's the one with the multiple heads called? Is that Ghidorah. Hydra that's Ghidorah. or Ghidorah? That's Ghidorah. Okay. Man, I don't remember any of these characters at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's evident you've like, played these games. You could pick up like submarines and stuff and ships and throw them at people, and the tanks would come up and freeze you. Dude, I Is hated Gigan. The one with swords for arms oh, that yeah. looks like a mantis. Yeah, Gigan or something. Gigan or something. Yeah. I don't know. Don't come after me, Godzilla fans. Yeah, I just I, lo- I really love this very stylized kind of game where it knows what it wants and it just is really good at making it successful. Does it make sense? I also and- love I love how this game embraces the Godzilla style of it's just a person in a suit. Yeah, because I thought the most like part. Yeah. Do you remember when uh? I think it was Kai and Max went and they found all the cheat codes for it, so they would just put them in to unlock all the characters. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Hey. Good time. Okay. So that's like because there wasn't a memory card in the GameCube or something, so it wouldn't save progress between such. Yeah, I remember that. That was the other problem with SSX Tricky is that we never had all of the characters because they were never unlocked. Yeah, because every time you turn it off and turn it on again, you have, you're back at square one. Square one, yeah. Because there was no memory cards in that house. I have a feeling that like Peter and Ben had memory cards, and that maybe they just took them away so that we wouldn't mess up their saves while we were visiting. Because like I can't blame them. I mean, okay. So next up we have Lego Star Wars. I'm assuming we're talking about Lego Star Wars two. But we could also be talking about Lego Star Wars 1 or Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. But 
whenever I think about Lego Star Wars, I think about Lego Star Wars 2, which is ironically the first three movies, four, five, and six. Because And the first one we ever played. And I consider this like in my head, I think of it as really the first video game that we really owned. I think only because we had a console, we got a PS2, Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like this shift from just playing whatever we could find on the computer to like we had a set thing that played games and we could play this game on it. Josh, now Finding Dory, or Finding Nemo, I mean, on the PS2. Finding Nemo was the hardest (laughs) game. It was so difficult. Was yeah, <laughs> the PS2 version of Finding Nemo was so terrible. And also, I don't know if it helps or hurts that it was a PS2 Slim. So, like, I feel it had like a little bit less computing power. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the specs were between the two. I, mean, I never played. I never played the traditional PS2, but... so I couldn't compare. But but um, I remember Josh. We were playing like right after we got uh, Lego Star Wars, and we were on the level where you go to Ben Kenobi's house and we could not figure out how to end the level because there was a lever you're supposed to pull but we were just so dumb that we couldn't figure out that you <laughs> needed to pull this lever that's sitting there. Yeah, it was... And finally, oh Dad was like, oh, yeah. maybe you should try doing that. And I was like, how did you know that? <laughs> ah, it's amazing. You're a genius. Yeah. Honestly. So moving to the other LEGO Star Wars game, that's just like talking of difficulty... The gunship level from episode two oh. and the battle for Coruscant in episode three were just the hard. No, no, the pod yeah. racer level two was difficult. Like they just threw one re- random, really hard level in there for some reason. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. Seriously. The, all of the vehicle levels to me feel exactly the same. Like now as when I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And like, I have to do a mission where I have to sink one of the cultists with my ship because I hate those. I'm so bad at controlling the ship. Please don't make me do it. But that's like, yeah, it's, it's carried over. Nothing has changed. Please stop putting big clunky ships in your video games. I don't like it. No, keep doing it. It's a great feature. That's why I play video games (laughs) is for that reason. I love vehicles that control terribly. I mean, the ship combat in the black flag was good. That's true. That's fair. And like, but I feel like they put a lot more effort into Black Flag than like any of the other games with ships. Like Origins and Odyssey have not had very much like attention paid to their ship mechanics. I don't know. Maybe I'm just belly aching. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I did. I kind of liked the um, in uh, Valhalla. Valheim? No, Valhalla. The longship. Where like you just roll up in your longship, yeah, like that one's kind of fun. I get, the, I get the. There's not really longship combat on that one, so it's a little different. No, yeah, so it's like, I, I like longship a lot better as transportation than as combat. So I think Ethan, you're talking about the gunship one, the episode. I'm thinking uh, also of the first, uh, the first level of episode three. The battle over Coruscant. Ethan said that you one too. Oh, sorry, yeah, I said I that, that for a moment. Josh, goodness. That one is an insane one as well. Yeah, I remember Becca and I. We were the first ones to play that when we got that game, and it took us mm-hmm. like an hour it's to rough. get through. So long. 
it's yeah like it's so easy to get disoriented and lose where you are like just terrible well, there's so many things that can kill you and they just come out of nowhere and it feels like there's nothing you can do sometimes yep and then eventually you learn where all of those things are and that they're all scripted events yep pretty much and then you can actually do it <laughs> The they literally designed a level and they were like, how can we make this level take longer than it really does? I know. We make uh, it trial and error. Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay, um, do you guys want to talk mm. about Typer Shark? Is there anything that we, you want to say about Typer Shark? It was, it's probably mom's favorite video game of all Char- time. <laughs> she was really good at it. I was mm. never much good at it because I was it like eight years old. Yeah, I only have really vague mm-hmm. memories of before, Shark. So. Before we were uh, I think before we were recording, maybe not. We were talking about uh, Times Attack. I described like the panic of having to figure out what to type in and type it in, while this like death just faced like, and Typer Shark very much has the same kind of thing. It's like they're just coming towards you, and they're getting closer and closer. And so the stress as a young child was so immense. So much stress about typing quickly. Yeah, I'm about to go on a little bit of a tangent, and I don't know how much any of you will be able to relate to this because it was in the computer lab at PG, and I don't remember if you. I don't know if you guys remember this. Ethan probably definitely doesn't because I don't think he ever went to school in Manila except for like kindergarten. Manila. Manila. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Manila. Um, but like there were sometimes like we had those little Skittles computers in the computer lab, the little Apple ones that were bright colors. Uh, and like sometimes when you were done with your typing work, they would let you play a game. And there were a couple of games on there. There's one of them was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which iconic, amazing. Love it. Always there. Yeah. I did not remember that. I don't, I was really terrible at it, but (laughs) like, I searched for so long, and I always thought that it couldn't be Tony Hawk's, but I have come to the conclusion that it could have only been Tony Hawk's. There was some kind of skateboarding game. I'm, like, 99% confident it was Tony oh, Hawk's. Oh, tangent. I um, remember always seeing, like, the older kids play some kind of ant game. And I uh-huh. wanted to play that game so bad, and I never, like, I could never <laughs> figure out how to get to that game. I never understood where it was yeah. or how to play it. Yeah, I just always wanted to play it. Along the same, yeah, along the same lines, I couldn't tell you the name of the ant game. I also couldn't tell you the name. There was like a dinosaur game or like something related to do with like Cro-Magans. and like I remember that game being wildly fun. I don't remember what it is. Actually, thinking about it now, you know, it probably is. Is um, no, it's definitely. Are not you talking about Age of War? Age of War. I don't think so. That was a flash game. Like where it's like cavemen and yeah, you you're basically attacking a base on the other side. It's just a side scroller, <laughs> and you have to like progress through the ages and try to destroy the person. Oh base no! Across okay, the so it, yeah, the one I'm thinking of, I'm pretty confident wasn't a side scroller. I think it was like a 3D, like kind of open world. It was just like a little environment that you could roam around in, and like sometimes it rained. It was a little like rainforest. I haven't been able to find a single trace of this game. So if anybody has any hints, please. It's a hallucination. <laughs> It might be. I mean, let's be real here. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... And then 
sometimes like if you didn't want to play those games, you could play like mini clip. And I've got a lot of fond memories about mini clip games, but we shouldn't go into those. See, you say mini clip, I think postopia. What about uh was it Millsbury? Yeah, Millsbury is a fun one um, as well. I miss Millsbury. Nobody's was been able to like resurrect a server or anything, which kind of sucks. Because like people have done that for Club Penguin and like the um the Disney Fairy Topia. I, I don't know that. if you guys remember that. That was one that me and Emma played a lot. Yeah, never played it. Um, but yeah, no, never played it. Um, speaking of mini clip, I got on. I when I heard that Flash was ending, I got onto mini clip, and I looked up the yellow car game. Do you remember that game? Yeah, was like, I've played it. It was like flagship yeah, of Miniclip for so long. And I looked up the game and I yeah. couldn't find it anywhere. They had taken it off of the website. No idea. Why? It's a tragedy. Do you know? Okay. Do you remember what it was called? On the run, I think. I remember trying to play it in high school and it getting a lot further than I ever did, but it's still being pretty yeah, hard. It's kind of janky. It was kind of janky, I remember. There was one time when it just like stopped working and like all the enemy cars stopped chasing me, but then I like, also couldn't finish the game. Dang. Dang. Uh, first thing, okay, I've got two points here. One, you guys should really download Flashpoint because it's got like basically everything. It's great. Um, like they've done a really, really good job of cataloging all those old Flash games and like converting them. It's wonderful. Um, second point is uh, also Pop Tropic. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah, I remember I first learned about it in fourth grade in the Azores. Mm-hmm. And I saw you guys playing it, and I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. I'll give it a try. And then it was great. So I think Pop Tropica, and one single thing comes to mind, and it's the pirate one. Because mm-hmm. the pirate, pirate one, they somehow made Pop Tropica into like a semi-open world, and it was fantastic. Pirate Island, that one slapped. Like it had a whole micro economy and everything. I mean, it like, was the simplest micro economy economy that you can put into a game, right? Oh, like everything is low in one area except for this. This one's a little higher, so you sell here. Right? I mean, that's all Tradewinds was, right? Or was it more complicated than that? I think that? Tradewinds is essentially. That. I don't think so. It was basically that for Tradewinds. I could check. Yeah. I have Tradewinds. I, I have do. three Tradewinds games. One of them does not work because it's not meant for a computer this good. <laughs> Love it when that happens when you try to play an old game. Anyway, yeah. your life is so hard. Your computer's too good to play trade wins and not good enough to play Jedi Survivor. <laughs> but not good enough to play Jedi Survivor. Me. Oh. <laughs> what a terrible, terrible world you live in, Joshua. It also crashes like 15 times every time he tries to get on. Yeah, F1. I don't think it's good enough to play F1. Yeah. I make it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Returning back to yes. our unbeaten path. Next game coming <laughs> coming up is backyard baseball. Yay. This is one that I only have really <laughs> vague memories of because I was so bad at it. Uh yeah, the backyard all of the backyard games were fantastic. Like it's Cuz we got a lot of them for free in cereal boxes, didn't we? I think we did. Like they ran a promotion or something with Kellogg's, I think. And so mom and dad were like, yeah, great opportunity to get the kids some culture. <laughs> some knowledge of the of the sports. And so we had, you know, a T-ball team and a junior basketball team. And I think that was it in Manila. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Like we had junior jazz. That was like the big main sport for young kids. And then like when you got into high school, you could do basketball or you could do cheerleading or you could do track. Usually people did all three. I mean Or baseball. Or baseball. That's true. They did oh sorry, they also had baseball. You're right. We did have junior league baseball for like one year. And I remember this is so random. Uh we were living in the schoolhouse at the time and for some reason, mom had, I think the latch on the battery cover for the TV remote was broken, and so she had taped it shut. And I needed to replace the batteries on in the remote. So I was trying to use scissors to cut the tape off of the remote, and it slipped, and I, like, gashed my finger open. And I had to, and like, so mom found me, like, covered in blood, basically. She had to bandage me up. And I had to go to baseball practice, or, like, this junior league softball with like my hand i had to use a left-handed glove because like my right hand was like totally gashed and like i couldn't <laughs> use i couldn't fit my hand in the glove with the glass of my finger <laughs> yeah it was really my bad. favorite thing about that was just that the whole situation was how dad helped coach the baseball and the basketball and the track and field and cross country and the track and he was the health teacher, and he was the guidance counselor, and he was the so- the social studies was his main. Yeah, job, the drive but... was people for driver's ed. Yeah, that's true. He had to do that as well. You know, when you're when you're raising kids like us on that budget, you want as many different side jobs as you can. But like, you know, he was mm-hmm. he was an integral part of the school. I feel like. Oh, definitely. I feel like they really. Struck, uh, not that like I don't want to say we humbled Manila by leaving, but like, I mean, when you're a big family in a very very small town, like you become pretty integral pretty quickly. Sounds like an insult. I think we're gonna get some. I know. I think we're gonna have to get that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have viewers from Manila? I don't know. Maybe like for the most part, yeah. I feel like most of the people that listen to our podcast are family and friends, and that may still include some Manila people. I don't know. Imagine Northcott's gonna, you know, get a hit out on us. <laughs> She's gonna rain hellfire down uh, on us. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. I remember <laughs> no, the Northcots were like a huge family in town, but I remember there was like a after we left, there was like a voting fraud scandal. Yeah, it was like the sheriff or something. And like it was covered, yeah, like for the sheriff run. And like, <laughs> so silly. I remember watching the news. It was like KSL or something. So like still local Utah news, right? But like I remember being so excited seeing her talking about it because she was on the city council and Gretchen Northcott was like the one person nice. they interviewed about it. She was it. the mayor for a while. She was the mayor for a while. And she was a great yeah. choice for mayor. Better than uh, Mayor What's-His-Bucket. Is he still mayor now? Did no they idea. re-elect him again? I have no idea. Um, returning back to your baseball, uh, before we move on from this, those of us who have played this well enough to know the characters, um, give me like your top three mm-hmm. characters. Pablo. Ooh, Pablo, absolutely. <laughs> He's the only one I know. I only know Pablo. Ooh, I love... Yeah, Pablo was like the best like he wasn't particularly fast but he did have the highest batting average anybody he was pretty fast he wasn't pete wheeler but he was pretty fast he was not he was pretty so he was pretty fast in his um, batting score yeah he was really good at hitting home runs 
I found a chart of all of the backyard baseball kids here. Um, hang on. All the backyard kids. Who's the excuse overall me. guy? Um, are you talking about Marky Dubois? I think so. Like the kid that was like from the guy with the frog. Right? <laughs> he was like from the yeah. body or something. Yeah. I remember really, really liking Jacinda Smith because she was like, she was just she kind is. of a good all arounder. Like she was, yeah, she was really good. Oh, the dude that she's the, the, the dude like Tony or something. Tony Delvecchio. Yeah, Tony, like the big hair. Tony and his sister Angela, Angela is yeah. super good at hitting the ball. She's really good at hitting the ball. She's also really good mm -hmm. at pitching, but she is the slowest character mm -hmm. in the game. In she can run from third to home, and every other character will have caught up with her by the time she reaches home. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I remember really liking Kenny and Dante as well. Kenny was in a wheelchair, and Dante, Dante had like, a great yeah. afro. Oh, yeah. Kenny's also, cool. Ahmed Khan. Ahmed oh, Khan was, was a good one. Ahmed. Yeah, with the guy that danced. Yeah. Oh, Vicky Kawaguchi was really cute too. She was like a little ballerina. She'd always twirl up to the plate and then like leap away if she got a home run. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't remember backyard baseball hardly at all, but backyard football, that was a game. Oh, we played that a lot on the PS2. Do you guys remember backyard oh, yeah. skateboarding too? That was one of my favorite yeah. ones. Backyard skateboarding was where it was at. Especially since you can make your own character and by the time you got to skateboarding. Do you know what I want out of out of the modern video game industry. You know how when they made FIFA 23, they put in Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond, the fictional team, into yes, the game? Yes, absolutely. And it makes me actually want to... I want them to yeah. do... The, I want some <laughs> professional, like, mature baseball team to make an adult Pablo Sanchez who's just out of this world great and put him in their game so that I can hire him and he can be my star player. <laughs> Are there any games that Becca didn't play that we can talk about? I bet Becca didn't play Civilization 3. Civilization? Yeah, I bet Becca didn't play it. Okay. Can you play Civ 3? Do you play Civ 3, Ethan? I did, yes. Yeah, it's a good game. I really like the helicopters. I remember watching Dad play like the old strategy games, and I just didn't understand the appeal. But then Civ Three was like just enough where you know you could see the characters and stuff, and that individual units model, yeah. where it was like actually interesting enough for me to be into it as from a young age. Yeah. Um, Even if sometimes I would play with me as the only character and just <laughs> the most boring thing, I had this giant fleet sitting there and nobody <laughs> to fight. Yeah, good times. I just remember always immediately nuking people when I. Could. Oh my gosh, Ethan, you're at war. And then Hiawatha just goes and sends thirty nukes at you. Gandhi just ends the earth. Um, Price, do you remember the one game that Dad used to play that was like a civil war strategy game? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when I said Nine. boring ones. Sorry, Dad. When Mom listens to this part of the episode which she will she should ask dad instead of us just asking him right now she just should ask dad what game that was so that we can learn so that we can go and play it and see if it's actually boring oh yeah now that we're adults have you guys ever seen that space game that dad plays with like the actual like some old space no old it's a space, space strategy, strategy one where there's like the star map yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. He, he talked about that for a while. He's, he was into it for a couple of years, I think. 
he he would always be playing it like when he was working from home when I was at home. He's just like you, Price. He's just like me. He's just like me. That is not how that works. I'm just like him. He's just like me. There's nowhere else we'd rather be. Or no one else, I guess, huh? Bryce, um, I have no idea what you're trying to say. The Barbie song. Yeah, no, I, I know, but like, I just like bees. I'm just like you. I just like bees. Becky's going to listen to this back and be like, what the heck? Hey, do you guys want to hear a fun fact? How fun is it? Did you know that the 2008 Utah Utes football team was undefeated? Oh, really? They were the, they were the only team, the only FCS, well, not FCS because FCS wasn't a thing then, but the only like high ranking, like. I'm back. Hello, Becca. You're going to have a fun time listening back to this part. Yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a ride. Yeah, there was a tears party. and laughter and tears of laughter. Uh, I saw that Josh sent me an Instagram post, so it couldn't have been yep. that much. No, that was before everything got crazy. So, Rebecca, oh, did okay. you ever play Civilization <laughs> Three? Um, I did. I, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Civilization right now because, like, I bought Civ Six for my PS4 and discovered that I'm really not hey, that good too. at it. Well, after <laughs> Civ Four, they got really complicated, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I've had a hard time with anything after 4. But I remember being vaguely okay at it. Like, I remember making it to the Space Age at least once. So I must have gotten at least I remember I had problems going broke all the time. Yeah. I like the feature where you could build your palace. That was fun. That was was really fun. That was always a good time. And I actually have also have this on Steam. I'm kind of... uh, of buying the really cheap old games from my childhood and bu- playing them on Steam for a minute. And now that I am grown, I can actually finish my palace. <laughs> it's not half built when you nope. finish the game. I can get enough culture to finish the palace, so that's good. Oh, it's culture that you do that with. Yep. Nice. And you're not always going broke, I'm guessing. Nope. You're actually not to manage money in the I game. I mean, like... Was this with Civ three? Could you get negative money? I don't think so. I think I think you could lose money, but you can actually go negative. Like like you know, like you get negative profits, but once you got to zero, yeah. you were just. At I zero. think that was a hack with Civ four too, where you couldn't go into debt at all. So like, if you were broke, like like you could be dropping massive amounts of dollars into something, but then as long as. Like, that didn't matter, right? Because you couldn't go negative money. Like, as long as you didn't need to actually spend money actively. Yeah. Well, Becca, you'll, yeah. you will be able to talk a lot about the next game. This is, like, the yeah. childhood game for me. There are a lot of Harry Potter games out there. Most recently, Hogwarts Legacy. Is that what it was called? I don't even remember. Yep. <laughs> it was a constant drink off every scene. I don't even remember the name. Uh, yeah. Um, and a lot of people have made a lot of bones about which one they think is the best. A lot of people our age vote for Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on PS2. Which is, it's, it's up there. It's not the best one. The best one, in my personal opinion, is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban for PC. Followed very closely by Harry Potter... Uh, Quidditch World Cup on any platform. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. 
so good. I I don't even know why I like this game so much. It taught me a lot about third person, not sh- kind of shooters, maybe third person like world movement navigation. I think. Yeah, like, you could move the camera around, you had, like, ability to strafe for the, like, that was the first time, like, it really taught me how to move around in a 3D environment, and kind of how to search a 3D environment for clues. Like, even before Breath of the Wild was doing it, you know? (laughs) And, like, we scoured that game for every single secret, and we got all of them except for, like, one, I think. (laughs) Which I don't know even if it exists, because... Like, I've tried looking on the internet to find where that last secret is, and we've never been able to find it, so. I thought Josh said he I think it. I did, yeah. Where, where, do you know? Do you remember? I want to say it's it's something about, like, that, um, what's the word? Like, when you're in the courtyard and you walk out of, through the courtyard, and there's the the knights in the armor... There's something where, like, mm-hmm. you need to have walked back into something, like, back into that room after walking out or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, and it, like, will have dropped a bunch yeah, of Yeah, something like that, but, ceiling. like, because we never walked back in, yeah. we never got it. Mm. Makes I think sense. it was something like that. There you- You're right, yeah. Something along those lines. But, and, like, before the early 2000s, I thought that the graphics were really nice. Like, it's a, pre- it's a pretty pretty game. I mean, it's pretty pretty. <laughs> but, like, you know, Hogwarts is pretty lovingly rendered. Like, the bushes are a little flat and polygonal, but that's okay. I really like that it has, <laughs> like it's- despite the tone of the movie being darker, uh, it still manages to keep mm-hmm. kind of that whimsy of the first few films. Yeah, it, it manages to do it while turning itself into a pretty good video game, too, which is weird because, like, none of the spells you use are, like, real spells in Harry Potter, right? Like, that's a big thing. The only one that's a real spell is Expecto Patronum. <laughs> that is it. All the other ones are fake and made up. And I can't even remember what all of them do. There's the bouncy one, and there's like the the turning oh the statues alive one, and then there's whatever Ron's one is. Is that the fight? Is that fire or something? No, Ron's is um, what is it called? Carpe, Carpe Retracta. Yeah. Okay, that's right. And it's it, like it. You can pull objects towards yourself, and you can pull yourself towards objects. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Hermione's was also fire. There was Lapifors and Draconophores, which transformed yeah, a bunny statue and a dragon statue. The dragon statue uh, was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Harry got Glacius, I think, which is an ice spell. Yeah, because he has, like, the ice slide levels. Yeah, those were pretty fun, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there was Spongify, which was the tiles. There was Depulso, which is, like, a pushing, or, like, a... What was the main, like, spell. attack spell in the game? I just remember Depulso! 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 Depulso, like, on repeat. Oh, they did also do Rictus Emperor, which is yeah. a real one. Oh, that's fair. Sometimes, occasionally. I just remember absolutely hating the level in that game where you're having to defend yourself from the Dementors, because you're, like, spinning around, casting the spell over and over and over again, and it's just terrible and terrifying. What's so funny to me about that, though, is that Depulso has managed to be a, a game stay 
in all of the rest of the Harry Potter games to the point that I think it did make it into Hogwarts Legacy from That's what fantastic. I saw in footage. Because I is, didn't play um, it and I didn't bother. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, is uh, Rick Sempra the one you have to use against the Pixies? Yes, the Pixies and I think the Monster Book of Monsters as well. I remember when we got the uh, Order of the Phoenix game, that one was like groundbreaking how much better it was than number three. I just remember never doing anything because you had to remember like how to move the mouse. Yeah, to cast that was obnoxious. And we just like here's three favorite spells in that. I'm surprised our computer could even run it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm really curious <laughs> of like what hardware was actually in that thing. Because think... it, yeah. it was never really struggled until Ethan got his uh, Tom Clancy airplane game, and then it couldn't do anything, and it would just crash as soon as I tried to exit the game. I would say go yeah. back and look at the graphics from Harry Potter Five because I recently saw them, and it's not <laughs> as good as I remember it being. But it was just so much better than anything uh, else we'd played yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. It was like the yeah, weird um, uh, marbles game you could play. Yeah. Um, really quickly, before we move on, um, I wanted to mention, I brought up Quidditch World Cup earlier. I just want to bring it back a little bit here. Does everybody remember what their go-to team on Quidditch World Cup used to be? i pretty sure it was America, if that was the team. I liked Hungary nice, when yeah. you could unlock them. Or maybe but I also England. liked mm-hmm. the, like Norway or something. Norway was sick. Yeah. England looked dope. Australia was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Germany. Oh yeah, Australia. I just was remember. Cool. I remember despising the American like Quidditch field because it was Halloween yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it was like Sleepy Hollow. Like there were jack o' lanterns everywhere. Was cool, especially their field. Their field was sick. Mm-hmm. So sick. I really loved. I. I think France was my go-to because it was like yeah. a team of like all women, yeah. and they wore like this really nice dusty blue. And like, I'm pretty confident that the French field was like the Garden of Versailles was supposed um, to mimic that, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah. Spain was, was cool too. Great. I really Love liked it. their outfits. I think the coolest special, like you know, the team special move. I think the coolest one was mm-hmm. Norway. Theirs was sick. Okay, now real talk. Who was your team in Hogwarts? Ooh, Ravenclaw, always. Like, you always just pick your house, right? Hufflepuff. Yeah, I remember using Hufflepuff. I'm a Hufflepuff. All right, moving on. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Heck yeah. Yet another game where I mostly just mash buttons. That's very true. Mostly, mostly when we played this game, I feel like I remember playing with Rebecca and Price and me, and we played against, like, a level one computer, Princess Peach. No, I... Oh my gosh, I love Super Smash Brothers. I remember... I'm to this day a Zelda main until I die. I wasn't a Zelda main for Brawl because they nerfed her, which was stupid. But then they brought it back for Ultimate, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> which, well, like, it's not exactly though, because, like, with Zelda, you could also turn into Sheik, and that was great. But there are two separate characters now, which is stupid. I really like Sheik in the but, new ones. Yeah, I do like Sheik generally. Um, I just, I wish that you could transform into her whenever you wanted to, which was great. It was OP. Um, but they did give Zelda back her lightning shock powers in Ultimate, which is like my mainstay. Like I used to just use that yellow control stick all the time and just zap you, anybody that got near me. And that was how I won. <laughs> uh, man, I love and my favorite stage I think is on it, probably. Oh, it's just That's a really a fun stage. stage. And you know, we never played the original Super Smash Brothers, but looking at the history of that and going from like 
the limited characters, the limited stages to more characters and way more stages. And the graphics got a big boost. Just seems like so much like, you know, had I been an original fan of Super Smash Brothers, that would have been so cool to me to see the expanse expansion of characters and places to play from all these games. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it really is giving like playground, um, uh, argument energy with like, I bet Goku could beat so such in a fight. I bet Goku could beat Naruto in a fight. Like, no, he couldn't. He like Naruto would totally win. Except like, it's like, it's a great selection of like Nintendo characters and it's wonderful. And you can do all sorts of crazy scenarios. I'm just saying there's one universe mm-hmm. or two universes in that game that actually have solid combat experience. And it's Legend of Zelda and it's Metroid. And I'm sorry. It. Did you forget Solid Snake is in Brawl? That's true. He's in Brawl. I was talking about Melee, okay? Fire Emblem? Nah. Star Fox? <laughs> nah. How many fist fights do you think he's he gets in? Probably a lot. Moving on, we have another game from Wild Tangent. Well, two games, Polar Bowler and Polar Golfer. Uh, I loved these. (laughs) I remember the bowling and nothing else. I feel like the bowler was lots easier than the golfing. Sure, sure, definitely. The bowling is so fun because it's not like real bowling. It's like an ice slide and you're in a tube. And you get to launch your polar bear in this tube down the hill and then knock a bunch of pins over. <laughs> Which, like, being a semi-aficionado of wee bowling with Ethan over the winter, um, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to, like, put spin on a bear in, on a inner tube, right? You're not, you don't really, you just kind of aim and hope that you get it. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe it kind of takes don't. the nuance out of bowling. It's, it's very simple. You just push a bear on an inner tube down an ice slide, and that's Yeah, basically. Did you know that it is on mobile smartphones and tablets? Is it really? Wait, hang on. Bowler. Bowler. Well, maybe not anymore, but on Wikipedia it said... It was released in 2013 as Polar Bowler First Frame. Anything else to say about Polar Bowler or Polar Polar Golfer? Um, not really. I just I like that it was cartoony and fun. Yeah. That's like the big one, right? Yeah. Right. Gives those nostalgic vibes. Yep. Um, now to a much much different game that I was. Mm. I'm kind of surprised that we Rebecca put this on here. Because mm. I don't usually think of this as a childhood game, but it's The Hobbit okay. for PS2. <laughs> so I just I put this one down specifically because I have very specific memories of that Christmas when we were in the Azores and we got that PS2 Slim. That The Hobbit was one of the games we had. I remember playing it with like the wind howling outside because it doesn't rain. It doesn't snow there. It just like rains and hurricane force winds. So like we were inside during a storm one night, and I remember playing The Hobbit, and I think I got about as far as the trolls, and I couldn't get past the troll mission. Trolls? That's it, right? They're ones that turn to stone in the sunlight. Yes. Is that the name? Troll? Yeah. Um, I think that you might be mixing memories here, 
because I'm pretty sure we didn't get the Hobbit until Peter and Ben gave us a bunch of old PS2 games for Preston's birthday while we were in PG. Oh, is oh, that when we got to Gran Turismo? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Yeah, we we got like a bunch of sports games and stuff at the same time. It was like 85% sports games. <laughs> Which we did not play that much. No. Yeah, we played we played the NCAA football one. That's true. We did play that one. We played the racing ones a lot. Yeah, we'd mess around on the car ones quite a bit. There was the one, it wasn't Gran Turismo, it was whatever the other one was, and it had wonky physics, so we would like drive backwards, like go the wrong way on the track and crash into each other and see how crazy we could go flying into the air and stuff. <laughs> Beautiful. This is interesting. Um, I'm reading about the Hobbit video game. It's from 2003, for those interested in playing it. Um, but it has no connection to the Lord of the Rings film trilogy because Vivendi, in partnership with Tolkien Enterprises, held the rights to the video game adaptations of the literary works, while EA held the rights to the video game adaptations of the New Line Cinema films. So it couldn't legally... Legally, it could have no like nothing to do with any of the movies. I think that's maybe why it was so stylized. It's kind of fun. So it couldn't be based at all off anything to do with the movies that had just come out. I didn't yeah. know that. They should have based it off that old uh, animated one. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> the, are you thinking of the um, the Ralph Bakshi films? Is that the yeah. one? Did you make a Hobbit or was yeah that was the Hobbit right? Well, I know Ralph actually made Lord of the Rings. I don't know if he ever made Hobbit. Yeah, it was like 1977, <laughs> The Hobbit. He did. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad I was right about that. Is Ralph actually still alive? And can I convince him to do a um, Silmarillion adaptation? Oh, yeah, that's the one that was done by Rankin Bass. He is still alive. He's 84 years old. I don't want an actual, like, well-done, professional-looking Silmarillion adaptation. Because it'll just be disappointing. And also, that'd be way too boring. But if I could get someone to do it badly, I think I could like enjoy it. Nice. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, Bakshi continues to sell art on eBay and his website, both run by his family. He currently sells an art series called Little Guys and Gals, which are fictional portraits of cartoon people. I want to find that. Yep. Hang on. Oh, so um, Ralph Bakshi did The Lord of the Rings, which was the sequel to The Hobbit. Gotcha. So the Hobbit mm. wasn't done by him. It was done by um, Rankin Bass and animated ah. by um, a company that went on to become Studio Ghibli. That's oh, very cool. fun. Okay. Jules ah. Bass, Topcraft. It was animated by Topcraft. Hey, Rebecca. So you think oh. Topcraft or Rebecca? Mm. Topcraft is the same company that did Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Rebecca, I have a name for this podcast episode. Hmm. Uh, I think we should call it Tangents on Tangents. Hey, that's good. That's good. I like that. Thank you. Was there anything else that we wanted to discuss? Was that kind of the end? Yeah. Cool. I do, um, I do want to talk about a couple more. Okay. That came up. Excuse me. That came up. Um, mostly... Yeah. I wanted to pay homage to Price mentioning the Teen Titans on the GameCube. <laughs> Were you part of that, Rebecca? 
I do not remember that at all. The only thing I remember about Teen Titans is the old TV show, which I miss. But so it had, um, it's based off of the the show, so it has the very mm-hmm. very similar art style. Um, sure. But there was like a battle royale kind of mode, where you could be in teams or individuals, and you could be um, any of the Teen Titans or like their enemies that they fight. Or there was mm-hmm. also a story mode that I think was only two player. But at the end of the story mode, it, like it does this meta thing where the real like puppet master pulling the strings of the story is the player character. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, Price and Malachi were playing the game and they got so excited during the final fight, they were like jumping up and down. And because I wasn't playing, I was sitting on the couch. And at the end, like the Teen Titans are able to look through the fourth wall through the screen at the player. Not really, obviously, right? But that's how it's written. And Beast Boy is like, uh, what? No, I think I think Robin says, um, wait, that's who it is? And then Beast Boy is like, the one sitting on the couch? And we just thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing because I was sitting on the couch and I wasn't even playing the game. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I also wanted to mention what I think is probably one of our oldest games, which is Load Runner: The Legend Returns. Load Runner that was on like our Windows ninety five PC. Yeah. Wow. That was that's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. Yeah, this one I have absolutely no input on. That's so, so sad. That's okay. <laughs> you need to find it, and Ethan needs to play it. Load Runner: The Legend Returns. There is so there's something so crunchy and satisfying about like climbing ladders in this game, about picking up gold in this game. Like the textures are just perfect. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's it's so good. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's beautiful. It's Here, it's, how, it's got a level guy. builder so you can make yeah. your own level to play in. It's got a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. So I do remember the two player I was never particularly good at this game, but I do remember doing two-player with you and Price. Yeah, it was... On the honey, or the amber, or whatever, and you get stuck, and you have to, like, slosh your way through yeah. to find a monster. Yeah. There's the red guys oh that goodness. are chasing you. Mm-hmm. It's just a solid game. The the I was, like, six or seven. Like, from what I remember playing this game, terrified. <laughs> Absolutely terrified. Well, everything, you know, everything is all about you got to run away, right? There's no fighting them. Yeah, there's no fight. You just have to run, and it's terrifying. It's about, like, yeah. outmaneuvering the opponents. Yeah. Yep. Man, I, so I have some deep nostalgia for that game. Mm-hmm. That's a deep cut. Ethan, any, any honorable mention games that you have? Childhood games. I have plenty of games I could talk about, but... Hang on, sorry, really quickly, I want to call out the names of the people in Loadrunner. The main one is called Jake Peril. He wears a gray suit. And his partner is Wes Reckless, and he wears a blue suit. Fantastic. And I love those names. <laughs> I remember oh, sorry, continue. Bryce and I played, he was Jake Peril, and I was Wes Reckless. Of course, yep, because he was older. Yep. Okay, Ethan, go ahead. I was just saying, I don't really have any like childhood games necessarily, but mm-hmm. I could talk about games, but I don't know about childhood ones. Yeah. 
That's fair. Um, I, I briefly talk about the price cost dynamic in video games. This is fascinating to me because so many games are two player games or like one, but they have the option for two player, right? And that fits so, that f- as a child, that fits so perfectly into the twin dynamic because you had a built in two player too, right? And Rebecca, I love you, but like, you were my twin, you know? Yeah, so, um, like, M- Mario and Luigi, he was Mario, I was Luigi, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, in when we did Lego Batman, I was Batman and he was Robin, which I felt like was a switch from our normal dynamic. Yeah, I very much was. Yeah, I'll press this back so we can talk, we can talk about this more. Welcome back. I'm talking about this like two player dynamic that we had growing Where, up. It was almost like I was kind of like the main person a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I was a bully, wasn't I? Well, no, I think <laughs> I actually genuinely enjoyed a lot of the side characters that don't get as much attention. Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like that's kind of like why I liked Robin too, because I don't know, it's just, because um, most of the time in lots of games, especially if they're done well, they stop interesting differences that they have. You know, it's not just their the side person who everything can be done without them if you're the main person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What other games were we talking about with that? Load Runner was the big one. Oh yeah, I don't remember it's much about Load Runner. Runner. I'm pretty sure that's how I learned how to type my name, though. Nice. You'd enter your name <laughs> for like the high score after you beat a level. That's it. Yeah. Like arcade style. Uh, Rebecca just said the the names of the two player characters, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you were always the gray one, and I was always the blue one. That sounds. Let me right. pull up the names again. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So the player care the main player character is Jake Peril with the gray suit, uh, and the second player is Wes Reckless, and he wears the blue suit. Yeah, I just remember playing this on the little Mac the mom and dad had before it died. I don't think it was a Mac. It was a Windows I'm computer. It was a Macintosh, was it not? No, it was it was a Windows. Um, it was like an old Windows ninety five, like really old, loot from what I remember. Maybe I'm wrong. Oof. It may have been a Macintosh one. Macintosh one twenty eight. I'm pretty sure it was one where it was like um, like the monitor was kind of stacked on top of the rest of it. Well, yeah. Hmm. So it sounds like a I good day for our parents. Windows computers. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. if that old computer turns out to have been a Mac, I'm gonna. My entire life has been a lie. <laughs> um, let me think. What else? I mean, back um, then, Macs weren't that much different than Windows computers. Yeah, that's true. But like, I remember Macs so specifically because, like. The Northcots had an old Mac that I remember playing a couple games with Allison on. Like, I was old school. And, like, I don't think it was... I'm pretty confident, though, it was a Windows. I don't know. Okay. And I'm getting stuck in this rut. We have to move on. Um, <laughs> hmm. um, what else? There, I feel like there's one more I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I kind of want to bring it back to old Flash games, because I used to play on the Disney Channel website a lot. There were a lot of great ones on there, like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and uh, Hannah Montana. There was a one specific Hannah Montana one that, like, 
you would get texts on your phone with like clues or how to find like something that like your brother had stolen. You had to go and like hunt it down throughout all the different classrooms and search the rooms for clues. I'm replaying that recently, and that was a really interesting one. Nostalgia, you know. That's bizarre. Yeah, I remember the Sweet Life and Zach and Cody one where you had to like hide behind curtains and stuff, yeah, and then everyone had to join head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's a classic one. Or what? All, what other ones were there for Disney Channel? Um, Ethan brought up Dystopia earlier, uh, and I think that one deserves more recognition. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Whenever I think about Postopia, the first one I think about is like the Czech dinosaur with the little ATV. But after that, it's the honeycomb, honeycomb where you decorated the mouth. That was classic. See, I just think of uh, Waffle Boy. Yeah, Waffle Boy. Yeah, they replaced him with like a dinosaur-looking thing. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sad. I also remember there was like a Flintstones toboggan run. Yeah, that was a fun one. I remember that I saw someone playing that in the computer room of the Manila High School one time. Anyway, um, (laughs) it's so interesting when I think about that memory specifically, because like, in my mind, I know that it is the computer room at Manila. Like, it has to be. There's no other place that it could be. But, like, when I try to reconstruct it in my mind, what comes up is, like, in (laughs) PG Jr., there was, like, a couple of the HVAC rooms were connected. Like, the the sewing room was connected to, like, a classroom that was, like, connected to the kitchen. And for some reason, I always imagine the computer lab in that sewing room, like, with the computers in place of the sewing machines, which is bizarre. It's so weird. (laughs) I think this architecture or something must have just been like really similar, but like I mean, insane. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say like PG Junior did have like four computer labs or something crazy like that. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, lots of kids and computers and yep. Did we do it? Did we talk about all of this? I think we did. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody else wants to talk about? Do I have a conclusion? Yes. Big words of wisdom. Nostalgia is a crazy thing, especially when you can't go back and relive it. Dang. Deep words of It's fun to relive old memories. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a lesson to be learned. There's not a lesson to be learned. Just it's just you know, it's just a fun thing to talk about the ways that we interacted with our childhoods differently, games that we remember that kind of form the foundation of ourselves. So. One thing that was interesting as we were going halfway through was how often we were getting off tangent, going on on a tangent and getting off topic. But how often that was connected to like the our lives around that period of time that we were playing this game, right? Because we remember those parts of our moment of our lives vividly connected to the games that we were playing. So it's kind of like bookmarks, right? And yeah. I think that was an, an interesting aspect to talk about. Something I wasn't really expecting. Anyway, uh, if you want to do your sign-off, we can... No, that's good. Um, yeah, like there's not really a lesson to be had here. It's just we had some fun, and we all experienced things in our childhood differently. And isn't that so crazy? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, 
All right. Uh, thank you all for listening to Screenwalkers. Uh, you can always find show notes at our uh, website, screenwalkerspod.com. Uh, I promise to actually upload this episode. I'm going to download it as soon as we get off, so that even if it takes me forever to edit it, it will still be on my computer. That's a good idea. So there's that. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for listening, uh, and we'll see you later. That's about as good as a sign off as you're going to get. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yay! It's better than Ryan.